Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to the Terrible Podcast. Today's quote is a Chinese proverb. The twisted tree lives out its life. The straight tree is up as a board. So I think that, you know, maybe one way that somebody could hear this and take it is like, um, don't be like straight edge, right? Because that could be like, you know, not the best for you for your future to live, live out your life. But I don't think that's what this is saying. I think it's saying like kind of that march to the beat of your own drum type of situation and be yourself. Don't try to succumb to any kind of societal pressures um, or things like that. If you just be who you are and grow the way you're supposed to grow and be what you're supposed to be or what you're feeling in the moment, you're going to have like a definitely more positive life because you're going to be true to yourself. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think that looking at the other side of it, which is if you, you know, you live your life straight, you end up as a board. And I think that goes to kind of, um, you know, allowing yourself to be caught up in a control system, whatever it is, just any system of control and just conforming to that. And every time you do that, you're just kind of killing a piece of yourself. So you have to be conscious of that. You know, it's a balance. So it's not like a tree is totally twisted in grows right into the ground and then it hurts itself. But if it's a tree that's unique, then it's not going to be cut down as easily. And I think what's important to realize is like, there's no such thing as like the perfectly straight tree. Even something that you think looks perfect has to be manipulated and put through machines to get to be that perfect board. For sure. So if you're fighting a losing battle, why not just do what you want anyway? Yeah, that's right. Well, all right. So um, right. let's get into what we're doing today. So we didn't really get a chance to talk about what we wanted to do now that we finished our court card series. So maybe I'll just spring that on you afterwards. But what we hmm. normally do is start off by looking at two cards, um, one in the Rider weight deck and then in the same card, but it's in a different deck. I normally give a description and then we talk about our initial thoughts, going a little bit more into what the card looks like and what those things could mean and then how it applies to different types of readings before we move on. So today we are talking about the Ten of Pentacles. So I'm so excited because this means that there's three more weeks after this, four more weeks after this, and then we're moving on to our last suit, which is the suit of wands. It's like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is that? crazy. And at that point, it'll be like, a whole year that we've been doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, time, you know, it's like I always say, time flies when you're selling fries. Um, all right. So I'm going to give us a description. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> um, believe it or not, that could be my next, my next business opportunity. <laughs> um, all right. So let's look at this card here. Um, it's the 10 of pentacles. So wait. I got to stop you. So your next business opportunity is selling French fries or making up catchy slogans? <laughs> Obviously, it's making up catchy slogans. And thank you All for right. saying that was catchy. All right. Please continue. <laughs> There's, like, you're so I just want to clarify for our audience. You know, people will be like wondering. <laughs> okay. So um, the Ten of Pentacles card. Hold on one second. I need to get a better look at this. All right. Um, There's a lot going on in this card. You've got... Um, this kind of archway um, coming from the left-hand side of the card going up. And you see a little bit past the center of the arch, but it goes off the right side of the card, so you don't see the full arch. Um, in the background, it's kind of like a blue sky. And then you see like a tower, it looks like, or like some kind of column and then a house with just a few little windows in there. Um, and then in the front of the card, you see these two figures. One has its back to us. The other one has its front to us, but it's turning its head. So it looks like the two figures are kind of interacting. The one with its back to us, it looks like it's holding like a, 
spear or something. There's a little kid down by the person who has their their their, their that's facing us, and they're kind of holding on to the cloak of the person facing us. And then in the left hand side at the corner of the card at the bottom, you have this like elderly figure who's wearing this very elaborate dress. And I see an owl in it. Love it. And the figure is petting these two like gray white dogs. Um, And oh, and there's my dog. And the pentacles are arranged kind of like in this tree formation kind of. Um, So you've got six up at the top and then you've got the four down at the bottom but you'll definitely want to take a look at it on our instagram at terrible two t-a-r-o-t-b-u-l-l the number two um brandon posts a picture every week of the cards that we're looking at so you'll actually be able to see the formation of the pentacles all right um initial thoughts here what did you think initially looking at this card it just looks like a card of of uh like celebration i guess you could say like a bounty of plentiful, plentiness, plentiful. I don't know what kind of word I'm looking for here, but just abundance. I guess that's the word I'll use. Mm-hmm. And it looks like um, it's a time for appreciating that abundance, celebrating it. But it also looks like it's time for an ending, like something's coming to an end because you have this old man sitting there and he's all, you know, he's got this white hair and beard and he's sitting there, but he looks very regal. So it's not anything sad. It just looks like it's, a time for change. Like maybe this guy's going to pass down um, his wealth, his knowledge, whatever he has to the other people here so he can so, keep it going. Cause you know, you see these uh, arches and structures in the background. It looks like things have been built over time and he's just kind of passing it down. Right. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I, I took, I took this looking at it as kind of like full circle, um, like family tree and you've got three different generations there um and kind of you see how it does kind of make i'm so sorry um like a circle in terms of kind of where they all are if you include the dogs as well um and i love how the the older figure has is covered in this very like elaborate outfit cloak um to me it just gave this idea of like the the wisdom that comes with age and with experience and kind of how that's very beneficial in like maybe your physical life because you know what to kind of take seriously and and what not to take seriously um, and what to spend money on or what not to spend money on or kind of that like there's just a lot of experience there a wealth of knowledge if you will yeah his his cloak kind of reminds me of a life well lived like he has a colorful story to tell and he wears it proudly mm-hmm. and it, it also kind of looks like all of these things are drawn to him right so obviously he has his family but it's not just the family that's there like supporting him because you have the two dogs there as well that seem like very excited about being there with him yeah kind of like he's the center like he's the sun and everyone else is kind of like just around him um, and we can get our, so let's now get into it here. Let's actually just start with this. So for me, you know, him looking like an older figure, it kind of gave me like that kingly type of personality. Um, and it, because he's sitting and we've seen that the Kings all are sitting on like thrones. That's kind of what I felt like, like he has the experience to be able to impart this knowledge on people. Um, and it's kind of like the people that are coming to him are looking or kind of like subordinates. So that's me for me. That's how I tied the dogs in Um, just kind of like they're looking to kind of for, I don't want to say a master in terms of like a master, but like for somebody to help guide them like a mentor or something like that. And those are just my initial thoughts on the figure. Um, And we can get into the, the cloak or whatever in a minute, but what were your thoughts on him in general? Yeah, I, I agree. He reminds me of somebody like a King that's sitting there very comfortably with his power um, and he looks like he's in total control of the situation. Mm-hmm. And he's just, and I love how he's patting the dogs because that really just, it kind of gives a, a nod to, or, or it's like hinting at that he realizes that you have to stop and smell the roses. Like he's appreciating everything around him. He's just not ignoring the dogs, you know, letting them bark while he's trying to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But now she's laying down like a perfect baby. (laughs) She just needs to get that initially out, you know, and be like, okay, I want everyone to know I'm here too. Yeah, she has to get her two cents in, her her two barks. And then you said the word dog, and she was like excited. You know, you're like, you talking about me? 
She's like, where? Where is it? <laughs> oh, it makes me sad. Anyway, um, okay, so now let's look at his actual, like, outfit, because there's so much going on there. So for me, I see on, like, the center and the back an owl. Whether or not it actually is an owl, I don't know. It just looks like eyes and a little beak. It looks like there could be wings attached to it. And then um, since the owl, it looks like it's standing on a crescent moon. It gave me like feels of like Diana or Artemis, kind of this goddess of the moon or the hunt. Um, and it, it gave me this idea of of wisdom and a wealth of knowledge. And then I love how they've tied in the grapes that we've seen in some of the other cards um, in pentacles down at the bottom. So it's like, clearly this person, I'm going to say, has been materially or physically successful in their life. And they are able to afford the niceties, um, which again, just going back to like petting the dogs, it's like, just because he might be like wealthy or um, well off, it's like he's not forgetting the quote unquote little people. Yeah. And then you have that little child who's also petting the dog. So it gives a direct connection from the child to the dog to the old man. So you can look at it, I think, in one of two ways. The first way is that children are the same way. They'll appreciate it. They stop. They smell the roses kind of thing. They'll, you know, they hang out and they'll play with dogs and dogs are just like people to them. They're, you know, every they pay attention to him and send, and then the same way I was saying how he does the, uh, you know, to stop and smell the roses cause he's older and he appreciates it. But then the second thing is also that I think it shows an openness to, um, kindness and empathy that you'll also see in children and then old people. And then sometimes people living their lives, let things that they're doing and let their, uh, I guess, whatever they're doing or their ego override other people's feelings and it override other people's empathy in their brain. So I think it's just kind of showing that a little bit too. Cause like these people are just ignoring those dogs basically. Mm-hmm. F those dogs. <laughs> All right. Now let's look at, um, the two like adult figures. What were your thoughts on them? It looks like they're doing a dance kind of, they're, okay. The way that they're shoulder to shoulder. So they're, again, like we were saying, they're they're kind of wrapped up in their own business. Whatever they have going on, they have tunnel vision. And at least this figure on the right that looks like a female with flowers in her hair looks like she's fixated on this other person. But you can't really tell where he's looking. So I kind of just think it, it shows like the dance of life and they're just enthralled in the middle of it. Whereas the older guy and the young kid are kind of just like more aware of the situation and looking around and present and in the moment. Did you have any thoughts about the color of their outfits? Uh, what did you think? You're the color expert. <laughs> well, OK, but so me looking at them, I see on on my version of the card like blue, yellow, red, Um which would be our primary colors. Um, so I took it as like being like the prime of life. I I like that they're kind of shoulder to shoulder because it for me it's like there's that like unity there, like they're joined, um, and kind of maybe going through this experience together. And I love it's very, you know, and maybe this is just the way I'm taking it because of you know Valentine's Day just recently passing, but it seems like they're very enthralled with each other. Um, and not at all fixated on kind of the other figures around them, which is, you know, can be seen as romantic, I think. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, because if you think these people are, are in the prime of their life, so they're creating. So if you see one as a male and one's a female, it could be that dance of creation that we used to always talk about where you have to align the masculine energy and the feminine energy within yourself or within oneself. To then mm -hmm. create, so then they could be just transfixed on creating, whereas the little the um, young person can learn from that, but he can also learn a lot from the old person because, like I said, the old person isn't uh, he's not worried about creating. He's like older now, so he's not transfixed on that. He's done what he has to do now. It's more about preserving it and maintaining it, and like giving that maybe knowledge to others. Yeah. And I think exactly. sometimes, you know, the the people who are most willing to listen to things like that maybe are people who are younger because there's a sense of um, like being a know-it-all, thinking you have all the answers when I feel like you're a certain age. And I think that's the kind of prime of life age where you're like, no, I got this. I don't need your help. And I think maybe then that's also what the dogs and the children or the child there are doing for this older man, um, like listening to him and knowing that 
you know, they might be getting something from him that the two older people are missing. Um, I, I really love that there is a bright yellow kind of streak in the figure whose hair, uh, whose face we don't see. I love that because it just kind of feels like it's very like the light is shining on them, even though there is really no light or sun in this card. Um, it makes it feel like there's there's a, an awareness of kind of what's going on in life and maybe of themselves to at least feel like a little bit enlightened. Yeah, I could see that. Um, did you have any thoughts on what the that figure we can't see what what he has in his hand? Looks like it's a, a wand, I would say, some kind of wand or staff. So that would just go for me. That would go back to the creation process. So he's the the masculine and uh, using that wand, that fire of creation, to make things in conjunction with the feminine power. Yeah, so I saw it more as a spear, um, kind of giving that, like, he's or that figure is the only one fighting or defending out of the two of them, but kind of like, we're in this together type of thing. Like, I can take care of this, um, and I will protect, uh, like, us. Yeah, yeah, and then that's great, because in that way, you can look at it as the masculine polarity of force, which is self-defense because people look at force and you have, you know, positive and negative and a negative manifestation would be violence. So this guy is ready to use force in a positive way, which is self-defense to defend what he has to. I like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've already talked a little bit about the child, but let's talk about now the, um, like the buildings in the background. What were your thoughts there? It looks to me like they're inside very protected walls. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'll see a castle or walls way out in the distance. And that will always signify how people are kind of like out on their own doing things. This, though, looks like they're in the safety and the security. So it's kind of showcasing the wealth and the bounty and the protection that this guy has built for himself and his family. So he's they're well inside protected walls. And, I mean, it, it's really just showcased by all their postures you know he's sitting there he's very comfortable these two people look like they're kind of dancing or hanging out the child is playing with the dog so there's no threat on the horizon at all these people are just totally safe and having a good time did you have any thoughts about like kind of the randomness of the windows no what did you think I honestly didn't really know what to think about that. Um, and so like they're, they're not like really evenly spaced out and they just kind of seem like sprinkled throughout there at like very odd spaces. Um, for me, it was kind of there are certain times or maybe certain aspects of your life and certain experiences where you're going to have that moment where you do have the clarity and the light from outside kind of coming in and you feel like I can like see the light. Right. But it's not going to be consistent. It's just going to be random. Um, you know, based on kind of where you're at and what's happened previously, what's going to happen afterwards. And, and that's kind of how I interpreted it. I just I just felt really like it's for me, it's very distracting. You know, one thing that it could symbolize that I thought of while you were talking was where the windows are placed, especially in the tower. It kind of is showing that there's a staircase. So mm -hmm. so it's like a hidden staircase that you have to climb that nobody could see you do it. And then you can only peek out when you get like to the top of each set of stairs, you can look out and you get a little bit of light and then boom, right back up the stairs into the darkness to the next set of light. So it could just be signaling that, um, that journey that you have to do, which a lot of times has to be done individual on an individual level, you know, like looking inside, going inside the darkness. But even now looking at it, you know, with the other two, like the house and like the other wall, the windows, some of them seem to be like displayed in kind of like along a staircase. They are like staggered, like you're moving upwards. And then now looking at it, I can see at the top of both like that wall and the house, you have like three windows that are kind of a little bit more. Um, it looks like purposely placed to give you that idea of like once at the top, you're going to have that view and kind of that clarity. Yeah, perfect. All right, so now let's look at the the archway. There's a whole lot of things going on here in this archway. Um, there's like lots of inscriptions. It looks like there's like a banner of another castle or house or something like that. Um, you've got like this checkered pattern along 
the right left hand side i'm sorry left hand side what were your thoughts on that on the checkered pattern no on just the the columns and or in the uh, archway in general okay um well it to me if you look at the whole thing if you step back it looks like it's a half of a circle because if you follow the archway down the old man kind of completes the other half of the circle even though he's not totally even so it could be like a half or a crescent moon and then the dog completes the rest of it there so I think that's just kind of showing the circle of life mm-hmm. that um, and then I, I was looking at the checkerboard part and I was just talking about this with a friend of mine because the checkerboard symbolism is pretty big in masonry, Freemasonry. And they put it on the floor a lot because it represents ignorance. It represents where you start because you have the light and the dark squares right next to each other. So the light is the knowledge and the dark is kind of like the ignorance or, you know, not knowing <clears throat> So if you have all white or if you have all black, then you can figure out where you're going. Even if you're in all darkness, you can at least you know that. But when it's the checkerboard, you don't know at all. That's what they're trying to tell you. It's like white, black, white, black. So that's why it's usually denoted on the floor. But for me here, you see it's kind of bordering this other maybe it's like a painting or some kind of work of art on the left. You can't really see what it is. And if you look at where the old man is sitting Half of his body is touching that Mm -hmm. artwork or whatever it is to the left, but his head is on the other side of that black and white checkered. So if you look at that black and white checker border as sort of like an ignorance or like a, a something that you can't know what's behind it for some reason, it's just like it represents a mystery, like what God is. We can't exactly understand what God is. There's a mystery there. So behind him is that mystery, He but his body is rooted in that. So it's showing that he's rooted in that mystery. So he knows what it's about, but he just can't know it in his mind. So it could represent maybe past lives, like maybe his he was in other lives and he reincarnated and he's not consciously aware of it. But on a subconscious level, he is aware of that. So for me, that's kind of what that says. Um, and then as far as the rest of this stuff, I don't I don't know. What were you thinking about that? Or did you have anything to add to what I said? No, I love that. I was just like, okay, I'm looking at it. It's like checkered pattern. And it, for me, it was just kind of going off the idea of like, um, like a game of the game of life type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I, I think your definition and, and interpretation was way more clear and spot on than mine. I was just like, oh yeah, it's like chess. I don't know. No, it, I mean, it could, it could easily represent that too, because it's going in an upward pattern. And that's the thing, these symbols, it's it is what it's supposed to represent to you. That's why symbols are better than words, because a word is a has a shared upon definition. Everybody I'm sorry, everyone agrees upon one shared definition. A symbol is different. It's what it means to you. And then you use that as a map to figure out where you are in your life and where you need to go. That's why um, that's why symbolism is so much more important than words. And it's it's I, in my opinion, it's better. I guess it's just different. It depends what you're using it for. You know, words are great to communicate to a person, you know, oh, my God, you're on fire or whatever, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when you're trying to pass down knowledge of how you should be in the world and how you should act, it's better to do, I think, in symbolism because then it's harder to corrupt by people who would say, hey, let's corrupt this. You know, it's easier to corrupt things with words. Look at the Bible. But with symbols, it's a lot tougher. Mm hmm. And so, OK, so then for me, the kind of inscriptions or like uh images patterns that you see on the rest of the archway um i interpreted that as like this archway is like a protection for the city or this um palace or whatever it is and you think of that being like a fortress and it's protected by like a strong material but i love that even though it's a strong material they're still capable of being like inscriptions in it and things carved into it so like it's even though it's strong it can still have like little marks kind of like the idea of going through life you know you're going to get scars either like physical scars emotional scars um but that doesn't make make you any less strong right um it just kind of creates this this look and this pattern of who you are yeah i think what were your thoughts there well, I was I, I was thinking about this archway again, and I was kind of thinking how arches are usually like a doorway, like a portal. And if you look at how the two people are on the other side of that portal and the old guy 
and the two people and the child even are kind of on one side of the portal. And this old guy is on the other side of the archway, kind of more closer to us, closer to the people who are viewing the card. So you can look at that as maybe he's about to pass or is passing on um, to another realm or another dimension, which means, you know, he's dying, but he's leaving what's on the other side of that portal to everyone else. So he's taking a few of these pentacles with him and some of this, you know, the, this cloak or whatever that he has, but it's what he's also leaving behind as his story. And then again, you get the dog, which with the dogs who kind of represent the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. you know, because right from our perspective, they aren't. But if you kind of look at it the other way and give it, the card a little depth, then you could see that the dogs may be in between the two adults, the child right in the portway portal and then the guys on the other side. So they could kind of be uh, just like I said, like representing the gatekeepers to the other side. And that's why he's kind of giving them affection and showing them love. And the child, if you think about it, the child just came into this world. So maybe that's why the child has a stronger attachment to these gatekeepers as well. Aren't there two dogs in the moon card? Yeah. Well, like a dog and a wolf kind of, yeah. And one of them kind of looks very similar to this one, right? It has the same coloring and that's kind of their job in that card as well. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. I just kind of love how they tie in these things from these other cards. And you're like, okay, I think I've seen this before. Also, you see a dog that looks kind of like this in The Fool. Yeah, a little more scruffier, but yeah. totally, definitely white, though. Yep. Um. All right. Any final thoughts before we move into how this applies to various types of readings? No, I think we're good. I feel like we could have spent like an entire episode talking about that cloak and dissecting it because there's so much going on there. Yeah. Um, which I think is just crazy. Um, also love his fashion choice. All right. So let's talk about this came up in a general reading. What would you say? Well, tens normally represent completion. Like we've always said, the end of a cycle. And, but in this case, it looks like it's something good. And it's more about it's more about what you've learned in that cycle. Whatever that cycle it is that's ending, you have to take what you've learned and what you've gained and use that for the next cycle. And that's kind of what's symbolized in that cloak for me. Like, that's what he's learned. That's what he's gained. He's wrapped it up. And he's getting ready to take it into the next world with him. Um, but also pass it on. So it's just something to keep in mind. So if you're working, you know, maybe you're moving to another section of your life. You just completed something. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. what, Whatever it could be, you're just not into it anymore. You're moving on to something else or you're trying to better yourself. This just could be that reminder that, you know, stop, smell the roses, enjoy it, enjoy the work you've done. And then remember that you have to take it with you and look, you know, use it. Even your negative experiences that you had, you got to use them um, to shape your future. I love that. Um, I'm looking at it as kind of um, this came up in a general reading. I would say that you're right. So obviously the 10 is going to be the end of a, of a cycle, but it's also then the beginning of something new. Um, and knowing that that change is going to happen and is going to continue to happen. Um, so it could be something really good, but it doesn't need to mean that um, it's going to always be good. But it could also be something that maybe um, you did do like this huge investment or something like that. And it didn't go the way that you were planning. And knowing that's just only one small part of your story. All the you know, there's three different age groups in in this picture, potentially four. We don't see that picture or that face um, of the person with their back to us. But there's these different age groupings there and they're all in the same place where the pentacles all these 10 pentacles are so you know you can have this similar experience at different points in your life and know that it just is going to lead to something else and just to use that experience um when you're going into you know whatever your next cycle is which i gotta say is honestly at the point i am in my life much harder to do than than you know you say it out loud and you're like yeah i can do that and then when you're like living it you're like ugh. I just want to forget that ever happened. Yeah, that's that's where the real battle comes in, though, because, you know, people want to we it's funny. We look to these heroes. People look to movies and stuff where there's heroes or whatever it is. And they they look for these epic journeys that they want to go on. And these these giant, you know, they want to save the entire world where if you want to save the entire world, it starts by, you know, not eating that candy bar or not, um, you know, <laughs> Whatever it is, not smoking that cigarette or or 
getting up and writing what you were going to do or starting that podcast or keep whatever it is. It's that little battle every day that you have to do that makes it, you know, that's what changes the world. And it's funny because people, I think I really believe that's what escapism is about. It's about ignoring those tiny battles and just kind of uh, drowning yourself in sense pleasure. And I was totally guilty of that. I mean, still am it sometimes, but I think that's really where the heroism comes in and it's so easy, but it's so monotonous, you know, but you really just, once you do it and you get on the right path, though, it feels good. It feels like it's what you're supposed to do. And then after a while it gets easier. It's like any habit that you start, but at first it's brutal, man. It is, it's really a grind, but you know, that's where you got to be that hero and stick it out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that there's this, when you talk about escapism, there's this kind of culture that, that, like endorses that where it's like, why do that now? And you can do it some other time. And like people feed into that. And it's like, you know, you, I totally get that idea. But at the same time, like we talked about last week with the gas situation, like eventually you're going to have to get gas and you're going to get upset that you got to that point where you're like, Oh, why didn't I just get this earlier? Yeah. And to get a little conspiratorial, of course, cause I love to do that. And if you guys like that, you can check out my website, more laws, more where I talk about how I hate the government. But I think that <laughs> a small group of people would def- that would want to rule other people, a small group that want to rule over a larger group can benefit from a society that's stuck in that mode because they're just stuck in the cycle of always wanting to gratify sense pleasure. And at the same time, they're engaging in escapism and not paying attention to what really matters and they're just going for that sense pleasure going for that sense pleasure and you know in my own experience the sense pleasure that i was going for after a while just it just ended up being this empty thing you know i was like chasing the dragon kind of thing so um when i was able to correct and heal that behavior now i could just tell you my life is so much better i have so much better perspective and now i could see things in my own life much more clearly where I was falling under, you know, into these patterns and now I'm not, and I'm not susceptible to these patterns and, you know, to the control that you leave yourself open to, to whoever, you know, even other people can control you. They could just be, uh, empiric vampires stealing your emotion, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's good to wake up to that. Uh, You know, I could attest from personal experience. But I think then you realize like what a distraction those things are. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the, and it's funny because the more you do it, in my case, for example, you start to like, I don't watch TV as I grew up basically just in front of a TV. And now I don't watch TV really at all. But I do sometimes because I like to enjoy it for entertainment purposes, but I don't leave it on in the background, you know, just things like that. And um, I don't know, it, you just look at like, oh, what I was trying to say is. I don't know. It just really opens your eyes to things. But the more you see things, the more you get annoyed at other things. But then you got to realize that everyone's on their own journey and just let it go. Like when I watch football, for example, or I don't watch football, but like if I watch the Super Bowl with friends or my family, people get so enthralled in it and they get so mad about things, you know, like this was a bad call and they like get very pissed off. But then I'm like, yeah, well, look at what's going on around you. Look at these laws. People are being thrown in jail because of a plant and you're not getting mad at all about that. You know, it's like. That's what annoys me. But anyway, end rant. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the the consensus that we came to there is knowing that there's going to be sometimes an uphill battle, but don't let yourself be distracted. And kind of what I love about the card um, is that there's 10 pentacles there. So obviously you could say it's like the wealthiest of all of them because it's the most number of these like coins, these shiny things, but none of them are looking at them. None of them are looking at them and none of them are like really holding them or anything like that. And I love how they're just kind of and and to me, that just shows like they're not being distracted by kind of the material. Physical aspects of of life. Yeah, and I also love how they're arranged in that like Kabbalistic tree of life way. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of focusing on the center path. Yep. Um. It's like you get the four in the center, three on each side. So it's like that three, four correlation. Yeah, I don't know. It's it it's great because it's not it's it's like they're there, but they're not there. Some of them are there. Like what you could even kind of argue that that lady's holding one like as a shield, the the person on the figure on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, But it, yeah, it's just like they're laid over it. Kind of like this is the path. This is where you want to end up. Absolutely. 
Okay, so let's talk about this came up in a love or relationship reading. What would you say? Oh, why don't you go first on this one? Um, I would say that looking at it, this looks like a very successful relationship in terms of um, if you're in a relationship, like long-term stability, kind of that idea of like creating this family um, and having this nice dynamic there. But if you're single and... Um, that's kind of what you you want or you're looking for. You know, we've talked about this before, like don't go out looking for it. You just need to kind of let those kinds of things happen and, um, you know, enjoy your life and kind of go through all these different experiences. And maybe that kind of thing will come to you when you least expect it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. What were your <laughs> thoughts? Um, well, this could also represent the end of a relationship you know, if you think about how many different ways relationships could end, it's not always a bad negative thing. Um, right. It could be the ending of a relationship because it's good. It could also signify a death in the relationship or maybe you just went through a relationship where somebody that was in it died. Your spouse mm -hmm. died or your boyfriend or girlfriend. So this could represent that and, and kind of how you move on from there. If your spouse does pass away before you do. Um how you could get the affairs in order because if you look at it there's no older matriarch female here you know so maybe that's trying to imply that she passed on or you know maybe she's where she belongs in the kitchen cooking <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're getting an email about that no um but yeah so it could it could represent that he's just getting his house in order so maybe that's that what that's what that signifies um or just being ready for the end of a relationship if it does happen Kind of, you know, getting life insurance if you're married and have kids. One of those things. Um, I also think that it could stress the importance of, like, family. And I don't mean necessarily, like, familial ties of, like, genetic family, right? You could have, like, friends that are family or a group of people that, that you can rely on and, and depend on. And if you can have a group of people like that in your life, I think that that um, helps set you up for success and helps make you a more developed human being because then you're not looking for somebody to create that for you. You already have that. Yeah, that's true. I think especially if you could go and do the work that you have to do individually, individualistically, so you could um, rely more on yourself instead of looking outside for your approval or for your... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Acceptance, I guess, when people look outside. So mm -hmm. if you could do the work and you're, you depend on yourself as that rock, and then if you work with other people who are like-minded or are working on that, obviously, to do that, then it's more of a support group. Then, you know, they, they won't, if you have an idea, if you're working on something, they're going to help you out with it instead of kind of trying to be negative. Because, you know, if, for an example... If you're a positive person, or if you have some good ideas and you're around people who are engaging in escapism and say you have some ideas on how you want to prove yourself, if you bring it up, if these people don't want to improve themselves, they could see it as kind of like an attack on them and turn it around and then give you negative feedback because of it. And then you, that feedback can affect your trajectory in life and what you're going to do. So when you're around positive people um, or people who are, are a little better in touch with who they are on the inside – then they, you know, when you bring that to them, they could kind of maybe relate it to their journey instead of using it as like, you know, taking it as an offense. I love that. Um, and just to go off on a tangent, I think it's so important to surround yourself with people that are not necessarily complimentary, but are positive and are going to help push you kind of in a way that will make you grow as a human being or experience new things. Um, I just I don't understand when I hear people say like, oh, I was with this person and they were always so negative. It's like, why? Why would you surround yourself with something like that? What are you gaining from that? And what about that drew you in? Maybe it was a specific part of your life, but I think that that's insightful in and of itself. Um, I'm at a juncture right now where it's like I just really want to surround myself with positive people and people who are going to um, – just want to experience life and and not take everything so seriously and be open to new experiences. Yeah, I think that's very important, not taking things too seriously, for sure. That cannot be emphasized enough because that's really where the control begins. When you don't take yourself serious or when you start taking things way too seriously, then you're being controlled. And it could even be just by yourself. You're being your own terrible tyrant, you know, you, but I think you have to, 
it's important to find the humor and the lightheartedness and everything. And just being able to laugh like that just makes any any situation or hardship that much easier. Again, not just trying to go off like uh, my own personal journey here, but um, one of my sisters, you know, definitely can be accused of taking herself very, very seriously. And I think part of that came from like an insecurity, but I think it also came from maybe the situation, the relationship she was in. And I can see now that that relationship is over. She's definitely kind of loosened up a little bit. And she said, you know, when I was home at Christmas, how much happier she feels and how much she feels like she's having like such a better life. And, and I think it has to do a lot with kind of shedding that, um, that seriousness and, and always thinking that someone's making fun of them or out to get them or something and just being able to enjoy life. And I think that that's really important. Just going back to what I said about surrounding yourself with people that help and endorse those type of things. Yeah. Like I said, it's another, you know, your sister, just as an example, may have been been subject to a, some kind of form of somebody's control because they could have been, you know, she, they could have been telling her things that weren't true to keep her that were like feeding into her low self-esteem. That was in my, in my case, for example, that's what was going on. So, um, you know, then that's why they display this behavior and they don't want to joke around and stuff. I mean, I was always joking around, so my was different. But, you know, that could have been what it is. And that's why it's important to keep your humor and then also, if you can laugh at things, you could better understand them, if, especially if you laugh at things you don't understand. That's the first step to understanding something, I think, is laughing, understanding, and accepting it is to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I make fun of gay people all the time, because I'm trying to understand <laughs> them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I'm me. laughing. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, let's move on. What if, Let's say this comes up in a uh, career-focused reading. What would you say? Well, I think it's similar to what we were saying before. It's kind of, it could be like the end, but this could also be the next step. So maybe you're stepping it up in whatever it is in the career you're doing. You became a master. We've talked about mastery before. So this could be that you became that master and now you're ready to pass it on to other people and you want to preserve that. Or say you started a business and it's going really well. This is you planning for the future and thinking about the future. You got to think about the next generation. You know, like for my example, I'm a wedding DJ and the company that I work at, the owner's always worried about that because, you know, I'm in my 40s. He's in his early, you know, we're both in our early 40s. We're not going to be able to DJ weddings forever. And sooner or later, people, you know, we're going to be the old guys at the party. So we are always wanting to train new people. And it's great because it's how you plan for the future. And you could use that for whatever you want. You know, that's how we're going to move on. The children are the future. And I think that's also why this old man is kind of, giving his attention to that child. And, you know, it's, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about that. I think that it's really important and it might even be a good idea to have older people, you know, not crazy ones, but sane, older, nice people teach younger people because they have, a lot of them have the time and they have the patience and they've been around. They, they're not worried. They're not worried about creating things. They're not worried about running around and hooking up, you know, they're not, well, some of them, I guess that some of these, uh, we'll just keep the Viagra away from them. Right. But no, they're, but, <laughs> They're, so they're more in the moment and present, and they, they've been through all kinds of experiences that then they can impart onto these younger people as opposed to, you know, think about who you're uh, a normal – I don't want to, like, shit on anybody, but if you go to a daycare and there's a, a bunch of people that work there and they're, like, in college or at that age, now I'm not saying that they're not focused on the children, but they might have more in their life going on than, say, a, a senior citizen, you know, so – just a thought i guess but i I think it's important to to keep everybody together you know everyone wants to separate it's all the young people or the old people or whatever Mm -hmm. i think it's important that if you are uh, an empathetic normal person that you might want to get the get the viewpoint of an older person because they have seen it all like i would always talk to older people when i was younger and and i do now and it's not that i always agree with what they say but I like to get their perspective, especially in this world, because it's changed so much. So many you could yes. find you could go talk to an old person who, you know, used to only know only go to the bathroom in an outhouse. <laughs> you know, like they're out there. Right. <laughs> so it, it's great to get their perspective on things, because especially if you feel bored or you feel anxious or you feel like, you know, oh, my life sucks. Well, go talk to an old person who used to have to go outside in the snow to take a crap, you know, like to an outhouse where there could have been a raccoon. Mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> all right i digress so, I... <laughs> so that's the that's my career reading for this card <laughs> 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 so, 
said if this came up in a career reading, I said it would be um, either creating something that would be able to expand into like if you have your own business, something that it would be really positive that would expand into maybe like several of those same businesses like a chain or an empire of sorts. Um, I said that it would also be like obviously coming into some kind of money. So either a raise um, or a bonus of some sort. I also said that it could be something that's like a family run business. So maybe like a nice little family run restaurant or store or something like that. Um, and I said that if it was a type of business, I said it would be something that's definitely not like outside of the box, maybe a little bit more safe and conventional. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's no outhouse poop, but it's yeah. good. <laughs> But we're two, giving two totally different perspectives here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts on this card before we move on? No, I think I'm good. All right. Ditto. So now we are looking at the same card, but it's in a different deck. So it's a different illustration. Obviously, it's going to have a different interpretation. It's really important to realize that, that kind of take into account what each card looks like in that deck and kind of what is the overall message before you're giving a reading. Don't assume that everything can be the same as the Rider Wake. Um, just digressing from that for a bit. Um, no, actually, I don't want to do that. Okay. Because I'm going to do that in a little bit. All right. So we're going to look at the Ten of Discs. And for this part, normally Brandon gives the description and we just kind of give our initial thoughts here. Um, all right. Yeah. So we're talking about the Alistair Crowley filth deck as we do every week. And if you're new to this podcast, hey, thank you for listening, especially thank you for listening this far. Uh, what we do is every week we break down one card of the minor arcana. And then what we were doing when we started was one minor and one major, but we made it all the way through the major so we're still working our way on all the suits. And right now, obviously, we're in the Pentacles and the Ten of Pentacles. And what we do is we also compare that card with a card in a different deck. And this deck today is the Alistair Crowley Filth deck, which you can check out, go online, or just go to our Instagram. I'll put a picture up of it. It's T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, -L, the number two on Instagram. All right, so this card is actually very simple. It is yellow discs. There's ten of them, and they're arranged Basically how we saw in the Rider Weight, where it was on top of their range in a similar pattern, but just closer together. So very close to that Kabbalistic Tree of Life. Each one of them has a different symbol on it. A Zodiac looks like Zodiac symbol, planet symbols, um, and all kinds of different symbols. And then under these yellow ones, it looks like there's other coins or discs kind of just floating around in the ether. Um, and they are like purple, shades of different purple, dark blue, brown. Um, and at the bottom of it, there is the sign for Virgo. I got it right this week. Yes. Yes, because it's Mary. M-Y, who's the virgin? Virgin Virgo. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, what were your thoughts looking at this? Oh, and it says wealth at the bottom. Uh, my thoughts at looking at this are... Like I said, it just it reminds me of that Kabbalistic tree of life mm -hmm. and the bottom looks like the bottom one is the largest and that's where you start. So to me, it's kind of emphasizing the importance of, you know, when you get to the end of the journey, when you line everything up, you got to think about where you started to go next. Just like the fool, you know, the fool is zero, which is a circle. He's always on that journey. So it's where are you in that journey? So for at the end of the journey. You always have to remember the beginning of the journey because then it's going to help you in the next beginning. Like I remember when I went to, away to the Marine Corps and I had to, you know, go away from my house really for the first time. And um, but I thought back because a couple of times I went away to like camp, like sleepaway camp. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to learn, get on that. And then I was a Boy Scout also. And I did some camping, you know, I went away and did some like camping for a week or whatever. So I was able to look at that experience and say, hey, well, I made it through that and that wasn't so bad. That's kind of like this. So, you know, I could do it, too. So it's in that similar vein. And then when I went to the, through the Marines, geez, I, you know, after boot camp, it's like no matter what you go through, you're like, all right, well, you know, so I was in boot camp away from friends and family for months. And then I had a year later, I had to go on an aircraft carrier and that was going to be kind of scary. And so I used my experience at boot camp to to go on that journey. And just like that, I've been doing that my whole life. So I really think that um, that's what that symbolizes. And there's different paths you can take, you know, and, and that's kind of what it's showing. And I also love how there's 
in the middle here, you have like an empty space where there's no pentacle mm-hmm. or no disc where there's a hole. So for me, if you look at it from reverse, like apophatically, where you take away where, you know, it's like a method of truth discovery where you just take away everything that's false in that theme. You know, I kind of infer that there is a hidden disc there. It's like a hidden spot or a sephira that you can't actually see. So I, and, and that's the portal to the next, um, to the next dimension, I guess, or to the next journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What'd you think? So can I just say that I would love to hear stories from you about your time in the Marines. And when you talk about it, I'm always like, wow. And I don't know if it's because like, I feel like I know you and I'm like, I cannot imagine you being there for years. And I'm like, what was that experience like? Like the idea of you being like, this is what I'm going to do. And just like, I love hearing anything about that. Cause I'm always like, that seems like a different person, like a different life. Yeah. Oh, well, if we can always do a podcast about that. Another Brandon Bonanza where did you um, I have an article. It's one of the first ones I wrote. I just put it back up on Facebook. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you want to check that out and read it and if you have like questions you want to ask, we could start there. We could do that as a podcast, start there and then just go. And then I can even go into why I feel the way I do about, you know, war and stuff like that and all about, you know, my knowledge, because I I'm a super wealth of knowledge for anyone that's listening that wants to know about like foreign policy, especially about current events and what's going on in the Middle East, I like I could when I'm working on it, but I, I could probably be a pundit. They wouldn't want me on TV because I'm, you know, telling the truth <laughs> in the corporate. Obviously, you know, whatever. Well, it's another conspiracy. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Let's do it. All right. So do you have anything else you want to say? Are you what? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just what I wanted to, like, was like, wow. Um, OK, but looking at this card, I feel so much more confident talking about this card than I did talking about last week's card, because last week's card, I was like, what am I even looking at here? Um, I just felt so thrown off by it. And even listening back and like looking back at the card, I'm like, I don't feel like I I mean, I obviously missed something there, but I, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I don't feel any more insightful than I did last week looking at it. OK, but this one, I do feel like I have a little bit better of a, a grip on here. Um, I love the way that they're they're very similar in placement to the way it is in the rider weight, just because I feel like that's a really nice connection. And um, for me. It gives kind of a similar feel in terms of like interpretation. Um, but I had to look up all of these symbols on here. Um, I, I totally agree when you we were talking about symbols earlier. Like I love the idea of like symbol interpretation. I would have been like a symbologist, but it's like, you know, where are you going to get that job? You know, I don't well, that's why you read tarot. Well, I know, but I, I would love to be somebody like a Robert Langdon from um, like the Da Vinci Code. But then it's yeah, like he, okay. he was really just a uh, college professor. And uh, I don't know if that's my life. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, I love the way that they're created in the same shape, like in the Rider Waite. I love that there is this golden color and it's the complementary color. The purple is in the background. It makes them stand out even more. I love how it went from being called discs to now these look like actual coins. It gives you this idea of, of wealth or uh, financial success or, um, or money. Um, and the symbols on here, with the exception of one of them, which I thought was so interesting, but all of these symbols relate to Mercury. Oh, really? Which I thought was interesting because, you know, when we've been talking about it, um, we've been talking about how the symbols throughout the, the, this deck uh, or in this suit have had like Virgo and Mercury. Um, I don't know enough about Virgo, which is what I want to kind of talk about next week um, to be able to say like, what is the ruling planet of Virgo? I would assume Venus, but I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it is. So like the uh, tie into, yeah, to the tie into Mercury, I think is interesting. But what I like about it is when I think about Mercury um, or Hermes, I think about, obviously like a messenger God, someone who's relaying messages. But I also think of like speed and kind of moving through life and these different, um, these different scenarios and facets and experiences. But I also think about um, like Mercury and retrograde. So what that actually is, is based on where Mercury falls in the sky, it appears to us on earth that Mercury is actually moving backwards. And so 
when Mercury's in retrograde, instead of moving across the sky, like how we normally expect, like rising in the east, setting in the west type of thing, it looks like it's going backwards. And that's what people always say, like, oh, Mercury must be in retrograde because it kind of screws things up. But I like the idea of this having all these Mercury symbols, because to me, it gives this illusion or this this tie into the idea of sometimes things can get jumbled or it can seem like they're moving backwards. But the reality is that's just illusion. It's really helping move you forward in life to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it only looks like it's moving backwards because it's your perspective. And I think that's what they're exactly trying to tell you. It's not that things are going to be screwed up, but they might be, but it's that it's going to look like it's screwed up, but guess what? It's not. It's just because it's your perspective. You're on the other side of that portal and you can't see what's on the other side. You can't see, you know, you're falling out of the plane, but you don't realize you're going to land in like a giant vat of tapioca pudding safely. And then you're just going to be able to eat it all. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, that's kind of why, you know, uh, you just got to, it's about trusting the process and that's really it's like the old, I think it's a, Dao, a Taoist or Taoist uh, saying or proverb about the guy who's running away from a tiger. And so he starts to climb up a cliff to get away from the tiger. And then he looks up and at the top of the cliff, there's another tiger waiting for him. So he's like, oh, what do I do? And then when he looks right in front of him, there's a strawberry. So he's like, well, might as well eat the strawberry. You know, it's like a strawberry hanging on a vine. Enjoy that strawberry, baby, because them <laughs> tigers are coming to get you. Is that the end of it? He just yeah. eats a strawberry. Oh, That's okay. It. Enjoy the strawberry. Okay. Um, well, now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Um, <laughs> but I really, so, you know, looking at it, I love that it says wealth because I think that there's kind of like a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience that comes with all, what comes with life, you know, and, um, some of them will stand out more than others. I do love how there's, you know, kind of, it looks like a pile of, of these coins behind them, but only these 10 are illuminated in yellow. So it's like only, you know, those are really standing out, but that doesn't mean that any of the other ones are less significant because they could be bigger or they could have a more, uh, or they could be thicker or they could have a larger value associated with them, but they're all important. Awesome. And I really like the tie into um, with the green around the edges, like where you would have like the edge of the coin. Uh, I think that really ties it in nicely to like earthly things as opposed to like emotional experiences or anything like that. Yeah, going right back to what the pentacles represent, the physical realm. But I got to tell you, I was really excited looking at this card. I was like, finally, I feel like I get it. Just like I felt like I felt that with um, maybe it was like the four of pentacles. Not sure. The one that looked like a fort. Um, Oh, yeah. Yep. Four. Yeah. So I felt that way with that one, too. But most of the time I feel so lost as as listeners know, because I'm always saying that. All right. So um, do you have anything you want to say about this before we move on? No, I think we're good. Okay, so I thought it would be really fun just kind of to to talk about a little bit here at the end of this podcast, um, and then I'll talk about what I want to do next week, is we look at these two different decks every week, and I think that sometimes, um, especially if you're just starting out in tarot or um, you don't know where to start out, it can be kind of overwhelming um, in terms of like, well, okay, I'm listening to said podcast and this is what they're saying about these cards, but I don't have that same deck. What I kind of wanted to do right now is just kind of talk about any different decks that we have or like, why do you like this particular deck versus the Rider Waite? And what do you think would be a good, like the good uh, or the usefulness of each one of those? Oh, I see what you're saying. So like what the usefulness of this deck is over this deck? Yep. And like, like which one do you gravitate towards? Or do you have any besides these two that you use like in your everyday life? And why do you use those? Yeah, there's some actually there's some decks that I've been wanting to explore. So maybe I can use that as this as an excuse to get another deck and then explore. I mean, I do have I have an Aquarian deck also. So Mm -hmm. that's very interesting deck as well. And what is that? Like, what is the base of that one? Um. It, it's just everything in the theme is kind of in the whole Aquarian, you know, if, so if you look at how we're, there's different ages that we're in and they say like it's the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius and all that. I think it has to do with that. So everything has more of an Aquarian uh, water kind of theme to it. So it's, it's hard to explain. Obviously, I'd have to show you, mm-hmm. but I got into it because there was a book that I got. It's this book like from the 80s. Obviously, they don't make it anymore. And I was looking on Amazon for it. Um 
think somebody on like a podcast or something was talking about it. I can't remember. So I, it was like on Amazon, there's one for like a copy for like $300. I'm like, are you kidding me? But then I found this used bookstore that had it for like 20 or 30 bucks. So I ordered it and the fool that was on the cover was the fool from the Aquarian deck. And I really liked it. So I picked up the deck itself. So I have one of those, but, um, yeah. What do you, you, I know you have like a goddess deck, right? Yeah. I actually have a whole bunch of decks. Um, and so I, the, the first deck that I actually ever bought was the goddess deck and I fell victim to what I was just talking about being like, Oh, well I'm looking at these and I'm just going to take the interpretation from, or like the meaning from the rider weight deck and like it applies, but it actually really doesn't. So, um, I am from a, a family primarily females the only male in my family my immediate family is my dad and even my extended family also primarily females my dad is the only boy obviously he had a dad but like his mom and then he has four sisters my mom has four sisters a mom and then just one brother and obviously her dad but it's all primarily females in my family and so being raised that way, I just loved the idea of kind of connecting to different goddesses. Um, and I think that a lot of times, especially like growing up watching TV and things like that, you know, there's the very few, there were very few parts for women. So I love that it was like very centralized and focused on women goddesses. So I'll give you kind of a description of what the deck looks like. First off, you should definitely look it up because the images are beautiful. They have obviously the same four suits, um, but the illustrations are just gorgeous. And the major arcana, each one of them focuses on goddesses that kind of relate back to the themes and rider weight in terms of the number. But it's goddesses from a variety of cultures around the world. So in the little book that comes in the in the box, not only do you have like the interpretation um, in terms of what what does this card mean if it's like right side up or reverse, but it also gives you like insight into what that um, maybe a myth or something about that specific goddess is, which I think is so nice because obviously I love learning and I love the the tie into history and kind of getting an inside look at some of these cultures. So definitely check that out. Um, I also got a whole bunch of tarot decks last year for my birthday. And so one of them that I use pretty frequently is a mermaid tarot. I love, love mermaids. And I think it's because I feel like an aquatic creature um, and definitely feel more comfortable in water than I do on land. So I love that each one of those, again, is very um, obviously very mermaid themed. It's not just all women. So it could be mermen. Um those that card is a little bit bigger. And then I have this Mystic Mondays deck that I use every day. Um, and it's like very shiny and kind of um, iridescent. And I love the images on that. It's very simplistic in terms of the way that the figures are drawn. They don't really have like detailed faces or anything like that. It's more geometric shapes and things. But it gives me more clarity in terms of how to I'm not then easily manipulated by things in my own experience that tie into maybe the way this face looks or something like that. Um, but I also, uh, when I was away this past weekend, I was at this store attached to this saloon and I saw a, a tarot deck that was tarot cards based on different drinks. Oh, I thought was so fun. Uh, yeah, what a different funny. way of like looking at things. Um, and you know, uh, I honestly like, the theme for that one looking if, if I had bought that which I didn't but if I did I'm just like what would be that overarching theme when I was looking at this and being like what is the main interpretation here I think it would be more about like decadence and opulence I, that's how I would do it I think um but I, I I didn't buy it so I don't really know um but I also have one on tv shows um and different foods and obviously I have one on dogs because as as all of our listeners know, my dog is like our third host here. That's right. And you know that honestly, the like last deck that I bought was the Rider Weight one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it was like that's obviously what you're most familiar with, and I love that we're going through that as kind of a basic. But I would love to be able to showcase some of these other decks. Um, maybe not do like all of the cards, but just kind of show like the theme that is like woven through them. I think we're doing a really great job of in the Rider Weight deck and the Thoth deck to be able to see that. But um, I think it would be nice to do that maybe like just briefly for some of those other ones. I'd have to really kind of look at mine, but 
Yeah, I think I think we could do that. I think it's important because what you're saying about the goddess one really makes me think about how <clears throat> in our modern culture, society, and as far back as we know, recorded history, well, I guess we could just take Christianity. There's always this emphasis on the masculine. There's, you know, the feminine is kind of just stuck under the rug. You know, the best you get is the Virgin Mary. She was a hero because she gave birth to the Jesus. You know, it's like they had to because women give birth, so they couldn't right. hide the whole part of it. You know, they had to stick a little bit in there. But the way women are treated and the way the masculine is treated, it, I'm sorry, the way the, the whole feminine itself is treated is just such a travesty. And the problem is it's so glaringly obvious. So when people fall out of that whole mind state or mind control or their you know religious beliefs, if they fall out of it, it's so obvious to see that it's so misogynistic. So with the, a lot of times, though, people get stuck in the trap of the other thing, so they just throw it all away. And they say, oh, no, it's only about feminine. It's feminine. It's got to be feminine. It can't be masculine. Masculine's evil. So that's like, you know, they escape from one trap, but then they're right back in another trap because it's, in my opinion, it's really about the mixture of the two. It's about the balance of the two and using them in conjunction, you know. So it's it's uh, very, very interesting. So I think it is important to focus on the mass or sorry, the feminine side to look at the goddess cards. It's great. There's a lot it could tell us. There's a lot missing in the society. But then again, doesn't mean that we got to hate the masculine. Right. And I think, you know, obviously there's there's a purpose for both. Um, and, you know, this card, this deck obviously is focused just on the feminine for the major arcana. But I think that the minor, you know, there's the there's still um, a knight, there's still a king, um, but instead of the page, it's just a princess. So it's like princess, prince, king, queen, kind of more of that, um, you know, accepted kind of hierarchy in terms of royalty. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. Now, um, I do want to talk a little bit about what I want to do next week because it might take a little bit more um, prep on our part. But I've been getting I was at a meeting with the education department at my job, which I'm a part of. And um, I was just talking. Somehow we got into talking about like birth charts and things like that. And I think we've talked about it briefly, but I would really like to go into not necessarily our own birth charts, but kind of like the four main signs. Mm hmm. And what each of those means um, to get and just maybe see then how it applies back to us um, just to give our listeners a perspective there, because I think that that's really important to know, too, if you're going to start doing your own readings for yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's what we're going to do next week. That sounds great. I mean, anything I could learn when it comes to astrology, because I've been learning a lot, but I mean, the more the, the more the merrier, really. So. Exactly. And I think it's so interesting because it's just so spot on a lot of times. I mean, especially with mine, I read through it and I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, when they're like, there's, you know, seven billion, eight billion people in the world. Like, but then why does this speak so much to me? Yeah. Well, when you look at it and when you actually can find a chart and build out a full chart where you can get your moon sign and your ascendant and all that. And then you look at that on a daily basis and your planets and all that. It's really crazy. I have a website I could send you. I don't know if I sent you that link. It's I've had it a little newer, but it'll give you a daily readout of all that stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Send it yeah. to me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll do that next week. I'll put week. the link in the description too for everyone else. So I won't just send it to you, Ashley, everyone that's listening. You can do it too. It's and then free. we will look at um, the <coughs> page of pentacles. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Terrible Podcast. Remember that you can rate us on iTunes. Uh, we'll read it live on the air if you do. You can leave comments. You can email me at brandon.comedylol.com. Go to comedylol.com to support us. Click on support. You can donate money. You can support us on Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash comedylol. All the links are at comedylol.com. And also remember, you can find this podcast at terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L. Dot com. And until next week, stay, stay terrible. terrible. Comedy LOL Podcast Network.